This is CPX number 44, Disposition in Prayer. This is prayer part two in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 46 to 47 in the Eternal Press edition, question and answer number 14 to 26. God give you his peace. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell on us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Question number 14. What is the first and best disposition to render our prayer efficacious? Answer. The first and best disposition to render our prayer efficacious is to be in the state of grace, or if we are not in that state, to desire to put ourselves in it. Question number 15. What other dispositions are required in order to pray well? Answer. To pray well, we especially require recollection, humility, confidence, perseverance, and resignation. Number 16. What is meant by praying with recollection? Answer. It means remembering that we are speaking to God, and hence we should pray with all respect and devotion as far as possible, avoiding distractions, that is, every thought foreign to our prayers. Number 17. Do distractions lessen the merit of prayer? Answer. Yes, when we ourselves bring them about or when we do not promptly drive them away. But if we do all we can to be recollected in God, then our distractions do not lessen the merit of our prayer and may even increase it. Number 18. What is required to pray with recollection? Answer. Before prayer, we should banish all occasions of distraction, and during prayer, we should reflect that we are in the presence of God who sees and hears us. Number 19. What is meant by praying with humility? Answer. It means sincerely acknowledging our own unworthiness, powerlessness, and misery, and as well as this, observing a respectful posture. Number 20. What is meant by praying with confidence? Answer. It means that we should have a firm hope of being heard if it is to God's glory and our own true welfare. Number 21. What is meant by praying with perseverance? Answer. It means that we should not grow tired of praying if God does not at once hear us, but that we should ever continue to pray with increased fervor. Number 22. What is meant by praying with resignation? Answer. It means that we should conform our will to the will of God even when our prayers are not heard, because He knows better than we do what is necessary for our eternal salvation. Number 23. Does God always hear prayers when well said? Answer, yes, God always hears prayers when well said, but in the way He knows to be most conducive to our eternal salvation and not always in the way we wish. Number 24. What effects does prayer produce in us? Prayer makes us recognize our dependence on God, the Supreme Lord in all things. It makes us think on heavenly things. It makes us advance in virtue. It obtains for us God's mercy. It strengthens us against temptation. It comforts us in tribulation. It aids us in our needs. And it obtains for us the grace of final perseverance. Number 25. When should we especially pray? Answer. We should especially pray when in danger, in temptation, and at the hour of death. Moreover, we should pray often. And it is advisable we should do so morning and night and when beginning the more important actions of the day. Number 26. For whom should we pray? Answer. We should pray for all. First for ourselves, then for our relatives, superiors, benefactors, friends, and enemies, 
for the conversion of poor sinners and of those outside the true church, and for the holy souls in purgatory. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Timestamp. You know, today might seem just like a long laundry list of pious virtues to bring to prayer, but I have to admit today's reading convicted me that I've been doing prayer wrong for quite a while now. You see, I do the Old Right Divine Office, which has eight canonical hours a day. It's not eight total hours, it comes about two or three hours, but there's eight different sets of psalms, brings you about 150 psalms a week. Well, exactly, 150 psalms a week, if not more. And I've been rattling those off, almost thinking maybe God owes me a living for doing more psalms than when I was on the New Liturgy of the Hours as a parish priest. But today I realized that there was both presumption and lack of resignation in my heart recently in my prayer. And by the way, I recently heard the account of someone who had walked in on Pope St. Pius X about 100 years ago praying while he was in the Vatican, and he was levitating above his predew, that's the kneeler, and when he came back down, he humbly asked this person who was visiting him not to tell anybody. Apparently those requests are thrown out after death or something. But the point is, today's saint, Pope St. Pius X, is writing not only from other saints who came before him, but I think he's writing from his own saintly experience. So we should listen to him, especially today. Well, every day, but especially today. Anyway, back to my own lame prayer life. I think there's so many bad things happening in the world right now and in the lives of those I love that I took resignation to mean, well, nothing's going to happen anyway in my prayer because things are so bad, so why pray using all of this brain fuel I need when I have other things to do like make videos for you guys? I know, tough to hear from a priest from it, but I'm just being honest. In any case, I still want to do all of my divine office and at least one rosary, sometimes 15 decades a day. But reading today's CPX before I made this video really convicted me that my resignation in prayer, what I thought was resignation in prayer, what I thought was this abandonment to divine providence was just laziness. My prayers weren't getting answered, not because God had it out for me and I was some sulky victim soul. My prayers weren't getting answered because I was praying with laziness, presumption, and despair. But today really helped me, so let me give you the good news now. It might seem pretty basic, but Pope St. Pius X's definition of recollection in number 18 hit me pretty hard. Quote, before prayer, we should banish all occasions of distraction, and during prayer, we should reflect that we are in the presence of God who sees and hears us, end quote. Again, I pray a lot these days, but unfortunately, it's pretty quick or at least sloppy, if not quickly prayed. But what really put me back on track today was this line. It is God who sees and hears us. The Pope continues, Quote, it means remembering that we are speaking to God, and hence we should pray with all respect and devotion, as far as possible, avoiding distractions, that is, every thought foreign to our prayers, end quote. You see, we need to start praying like we are talking to God in the beatific vision right before us. I know none of us are in heaven, but let's say you're blessed enough to be saved. You go to heaven. Imagine your first 30 seconds there in heaven. Father Z has a great meditation Imagine your first 15 seconds in hell. That meditation will hopefully keep you out of there, help keep you out of there. But imagine your first 30 seconds in heaven. How would you talk to God there? Of course, we can't even begin to imagine that supersonic praising of God in heaven, even from the very first minute in there. But I'll tell you this, it certainly wouldn't sound like a mindless rattling off of the rosary or mindless rattling off of psalms. It would be with every fiber of our soul. This week, I asked a friend at the abortion center. He does prayer there, does amazing sidewalk counseling. We go there most Wednesdays. He's an evangelical convert to Catholicism, lives in a trailer, no theological training, but he just gets 
everything of divine revelation very, very deeply in his heart. And I said to him, do you think it's right to say God is just as present here on earth as in heaven? He said, yes. And I agreed. I said, how could we say God's less present in one place than another? You know the prayer that we do. Heavenly King, Consoler, Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who are present everywhere and filling all things. Present everywhere and filling all things. That means earth. And so I said to him, think about how horrible a sin of abortion is done right in God's presence. It just hit me. They do 10,000 abortions a month right at this abortion center where we pray right before God. Can you imagine doing that in heaven? Of course, that's not possible in heaven. But how about a venial sin? Can a venial sin be done in heaven? Of course not. But imagine a venial sin with God right there. He's just as present. In fact, I think St. Thomas Aquinas uses Psalm 138 in the Dewey Rhymes. If you look in the Protestant numbering, I think it's 139. But I think St. Thomas Aquinas uses Psalm 138 to show God is even present in hell. Quote, Thy knowledge is become wonderful to me. It is high, and I cannot reach to it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy face? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I descend into hell, thou art present. End quote. That's a Deuter Rhymes, number 138. Now, obviously God is present in hell only by justice, not by friendship. And that's why we say they are deprived of him. Just like on earth, God is still present in the soul of someone who's in mortal sin, but he's not there by friendship. What does this have to do with today on prayer? It's this, that God is present everywhere so that every time we begin to pray, we should do this as if we were addressing the eternal majesty of the Most High God right before us on earth. Again, Pope St. Pius X today, quote, it means remembering that we are speaking to God and hence we should pray with all respect and devotion as far as possible, avoiding distractions, that is, every thought foreign to our prayers, end quote. Now, that doesn't mean we lose hope if we have distractions in prayer. In fact, if you notice, the Pope today taught us that banishing an involuntary thought in prayer, it can actually be meritorious. He wrote, but if we do all we can to be recollected in God, then our distractions do not lessen the merit of our prayer and may even increase it. So it's sort of like a temptation to an impure thought. Sometimes we're horrified at what horrible thoughts may pass our mind during the day, inside prayer, outside prayer. But the saints say that when we overcome such a temptation, not only is it not a sin, it's actually going to increase your glory in heaven. Sure, a lot of you know the account of St. Catherine of Siena. She had about five years, I think it was, of just the most blasphemous thoughts. The devil was putting all these blasphemous thoughts in her mind. And then at the end of five years, Jesus appeared to her. And she said, where were you all these years? And he said, I was with you the whole time because you never consented to it. So all those thoughts that the devil threw in the brain of St. Catherine of Siena didn't come from her. They were temptations. That's the definition of a temptation. She didn't enjoy them. She renounced them as soon as possible. And this increased her union with God despite the blasphemous thoughts the devil put in there. So again, any thoughts we don't want in the day or even in prayer, if we peacefully but rapidly change the channel of our brains to switch it to God, we win the battle in prayer. Changing the channel, changing the topic, whatever term you want to use, I found that's better than fighting the distraction. And please pray that I can practice what I preach here. So I think our prayers will be more efficacious if we realize simply we are in the presence of God. What hit me at the abortion center again is how horrible a sin would be in heaven. As impossible as that is, I know. But God is just as present to me here on earth. And I was so horrified at my sins as I walked around that abortion center realizing I am before God's majesty at all times. 
So that's what Pope St. Pius X is saying today on prayer. Pray as if you're before the triune majesty of God, because you are. And this is where mental prayer helps, like what I'm trying to teach on my VLX series. Imagine if you were to pray some psalms kneeling down before the creche, before the Son of God as a little baby in that cave. I don't mean in the VLX series. I mean, imagine you were to take a time machine back to that cave, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. How would you address the King of Kings? Would you just rattle off 50 Hail Marys? Or would you go slowly with so much love in either psalms or the rosary? Now, I'm not saying this has to be so slow that it's sloppy or so slow that you get more distractions, but imagine, and this is where mental prayer comes in, imagine kneeling down and saying a rosary before Jesus just born or saying some psalms to the newborn Christ. You wouldn't rattle them off while thinking about if you're going to go to Little Caesars or Pizza Hut next. You see, when we place ourselves, say, before the crash, before the newborn Jesus, this is really how close he is to us spiritually. Now, are we as close to him as St. Joseph was back then? No. Now, physically, of course, we're not that close to him here in 2020. Unless, unless you are before the Blessed Sacrament, and then you are just as close to Jesus physically as St. Joseph was at the birth of Jesus Christ. Let that one sink in. Number 19, what is meant by praying with humility? It means sincerely acknowledging our own unworthiness, powerlessness, and misery, and as well as this, observing a respectful posture. And notice he links humility to confidence, seemingly two different virtues, in the very next question. We should have a firm hope of being heard if it is to God's glory and our own true welfare. Think about that, a firm hope of being heard even though we acknowledge we are unworthy, miserable, and powerless. See how much God loves us? Finally, I think if we do all this, we will find our prayer being answered even more. And if our petitions aren't granted, we'll certainly come closer to God in that move from, please God, one day that move from the purgative to the illuminative to the unitive stage of prayer. And you know, even if we see no interior increase or even exterior change from everything we're praying for, Pope St. Pius X had an answer even for that today in how he connected resignation to perseverance in prayer. Resignation? It means that we should conform our will to the will of God even when our prayers are not heard because he knows better than we do what is necessary for our eternal salvation. And yet, I should say, and perseverance. It means that we should not grow tired of praying if God does not at once hear us, but that we should ever continue to pray with increased fervor. Please say an hour, Father, for me, et benedictio Dei Patentis. Pachi Sefiri, Spiritus Sandi, descended super vos et maniat semper. Amen.